Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the I Can Do podcast with Benjamin Lee. We're here to talk about tips and strategies to have an I Can Do mindset when it comes to faith, family, fitness, and food. Let's go. Here's your host, Benjamin Lee. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Can Do. I am Benjamin Lee and I hope you are doing well. We have another special guest with us today, Philip Bowman. Really excited about the conversation that Philip and I were able to have. The title of this podcast is called Flex Your Discipline. Philip has been on a fitness transformation now for a number of years, and throughout the past 20 years, he has learned a great deal of improving in his fitness and also improving in his nutrition. Philip has participated and competed in three classic physique competitions and two men's physique competitions. He has earned three first place finishes, two second place finishes, and a fourth place finish. That's pretty impressive. Philip, in his spare time, will do some online coaching with respect to individuals who are looking to get into shape and also does some training one-on-one on occasions in person. Philip has been married for 19 years. He has one son through adoption. He is proud of his Christianity and is also a strong advocate for adoption and pro-life. I really believe that you're going to enjoy this conversation that I had with Philip. Get a pencil, get a sheet of paper, because you're going to be able to pick up a lot of great tips and strategies to improve in your fitness journey as well. Thank you for listening. Here we go. Philip, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I remember, I believe it was a Saturday night where we had dinner at your house. And I think that's where I had the opportunity to spend some more time with you and Jennifer uh, and your son. How's the the family doing and how are you doing during this pandemic that we are all facing? (laughs) Well, we're all doing health-wise, we're doing fine. You know, we have not had anybody even close to us that we know that's been affected. I know you have. We've been very fortunate. We have not. So that's, you know, that's good. Lubbock, you know, is a little more isolated than, you know, some other parts. So it's a little, maybe slower to get here. Um, you know, so we're good like that. We'll, uh, we're a little tired of the house, you know, things that we can't do or able to do, but, um, you know, when financially there's some pains too, but everything will be okay. So we're doing all right as best we can, you know, right now and doing, doing what we can do every day. Yeah, well, that's great to hear. And I'm really happy that you're on the show today. We're going to be talking quite a bit about uh, fitness. Uh, Philip Bowman uh, knows a lot about fitness. Him and I have talked offline a few times, I guess maybe going back going back a couple of years from now and even more recently about different diet plans. And so I think this show is going to be able to benefit a lot of people with a lot of different tips and strategies and mindsets. So Philip, I want you to take us back I guess it's been about 20 years, uh, just kind of reading up on you a little bit. I know your transformation and your journey in the fitness 
began about 20 years ago. Can you kind of walk us through how that got started and what sure. that has led you to today? Well, I started working out probably probably was 20 years ago, which makes me feel really old, I guess. But um, <laughs> it has been, let's see, 20. Yeah, about. So anyway, uh, it's been probably about that long. But I mean, I never and actually I take it back even when I was in probably what started. It was junior high and high junior high and even younger. My dad wanted me to wor- work out with him. My dad was always a health nut. He ate he ate perfectly. I mean, he ate well, he lifted weights at the house. He wasn't what I call a bodybuilder, but he was definitely into fitness and being healthy. And he wanted me to do it with him too. And honestly, looking back, I didn't really want to, I mean, you know, once your dad's idea, it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. Even though I had an interest in it, I just didn't want to. And obviously I regret it now. I wish we could have worked out together, but you know, it is what it is. But, um, then I started working out with a friend of mine, um, when I was, uh, I guess a year out of college maybe or something. I'd always wanted to work out and kind of build muscle and get in better shape, maybe have a better physique, whatever. I just really didn't know how to. And so he and I started working out together, but I mean, I still didn't, we worked out. We were, I was pretty dedicated and I was pretty into it, but I didn't really eat right. I was like, ah, I'm going to work out and then I have a big pizza and you know, that just didn't really cut it. So, I mean, I was making some progress but not really a whole lot of progress. And I probably sustained that, I guess what we call now a dad bod kind of thing for probably 10 years. I mean, I, I was in good shape. I was fine. I wasn't in great shape. And then somehow I just thought to myself, you know, I'm spending time working out, but I could yeah. be doing better. And so I just really started researching. I started learn. I mean, there's a lot I didn't know, even though I thought I knew. And I started learning. I started trying to get in some Facebook groups, try to learn about fitness, talk to fitness people, just learn, learn, learn as much as I could and understand it more. And there's still a lot I don't know, but I really, the thing that really made the difference was that just made progress is when I got my food in check and just learned how to eat right and eat right for me. Um, and that really made the difference. That was really it. And so I feel like I've been making probably for the last five to six years is when I've really begun to make yearly growth changes and differences and things like that. Just by learning more and learning more about food and just being more dedicated and dedicated and dedicated. So, yeah, no, that's great. I got a lot of questions with that. Let me, um, let me ask you when you just kind of looking back, what were some of the things if you could with respect to the food that really kind of helped you to turn the point because you've done some, You've done some fitness shows, and I want to talk about that a little bit. But looking at this transformation in the last 10 years when you really began to take it more seriously, what were some of those, I guess, tangible things like with food? So someone who's listening here might be able to say, oh, you know what? I think I could probably do that with with what I'm doing right now as well. What stands out to you? I think for me, one of the things I've tried to teach myself is food is not – a reward or a luxury or an indulgence food is what fuels your body. So, you know, if you, if food is a high for you, that's not necessarily it. The food that I eat maybe isn't the most tasty food, you know, but when I began to realize that in all forms, you know, you have to break away from, um, I guess the comfort of comfort food or make food feeling good, you know, if you want to look at it from a Christian aspect, you know, we're as gluttonous. Christians are as gluttonous of food as anything, you know, 
if we indulged in sex as much, you know, illicit sex as we do in food or talk, you know, it'd be something wrong. And, but yet we, you know, we love the potluck. So I guess what I'm saying is I made a mental break to myself that this is not my luxury. This is not my food. And this is not my pleasure in order for me to reach the goals that I want to reach to, to be healthier, to drop this fat around my waist, to have some abs, to jog better, to do whatever, then I'm going to have to break with this and have some discipline. And so I just, um, you know, I just tried to realize that, you know, food is not my pleasure. My pleasure is the results that came from it. You know, and if I think if we glory in food and live in food and, oh, this is so wonderful, then you're going to reap the consequences of it too. And I think that, you know, it's something that we have to break from and we have to let go. Food is fuel for our body. God created fuel to food to fuel us, not necessarily to, you know, for it to be a gluttonous pleasure. doesn't mean we can't enjoy it and eat good food sometimes. I mean, I don't mean that at all. But, it, you know, when we're totally living from the taste of food to food to food and it's ruining our health, then you have to begin to make a cut from that. And you have to mentally realize that, you know, the food is here to fuel you. Food that tastes the best probably doesn't fuel you the best, you know. Yeah. So you have to kind of realize right. that. How long did that mental shift really take for you? Because I know a lot of people, and I think you're right about this, the idea of food being viewed more as as fuel certainly being able to enjoy certain foods at certain times i think with the pandemic that's been taking place we've we've been doing a lot more of that <clears throat> spending time with family and eating and there's a social mm-hmm. component to it but really making that mental shift i think a lot of people are looking for that mm-hmm. how long did that take for you was it a matter of years was it more months as you just became more knowledgeable about what the food as- was doing to your body as I became more knowledgeable, I think as you learn, when you actually start to look at the labels of the things you're eating. So the thing I guess I should say that really helped me is I downloaded my – when I first started off, I downloaded my Fitness Pal. It's an app on your – so this is something very you know tangible. It's an app on your phone, my Fitness Pal. And you can enter in things that you would eat out, you know, and a lot of times they even have restaurants on there that you can enter in. You didn't in what you ate and, you know, you think, hey, I'm having something healthy. And then you realize it's 60% fat, you know, or 40, you know, 80 grams of carbs or whatever. And you realize, wow, this isn't helping me get to where I want to get to. And so when you actually start putting – so a lot of times when people that I've trained or written meal plans for, you know, they won't download the app. They're like, well, I eat this, this, this every day. And I'm like, you know, well – you may think you're eating that, then you end up snacking 10 times during the day too as well. And if you put everything into that app or if you record everything, it can be shocking. So I guess for me, using MyFitnessPal helped me learn uh, helped me learn what is in food that I'm actually eating. You know, And then you really begin to understand and learn what you're putting in your body and what you're eating. So you, you, know, you can have – you enter in a cup of banana pudding – and you realize all the stuff that's in there and how much, you know, and then at the same time, you're like complaining because your pants are too tight. Well, you're not helping your cause any. <laughs> so you can either have tight pants and eat your cup of banana pudding or you can put the cup of banana pudding aside. So it's one or the other, you know, yeah. some people want both and it's not going to happen. So oh, that's a very tangible thing is when I began to do that, then I began to understand and see, OK, this is how much is in this. This is how much is in that, you know, shocking amounts of fat and things that you don't know about. No, I mean, it's not. My fitness pal is not like a Bible for everything, 
but it mm-hmm. did open it's got my a lot eyes. in it. Mm-hmm. It did yeah. open my eyes for a lot of things for sure. Yeah. What uh, after you began doing the My Fitness Pal, and I appreciate you sharing that. I think that's something good for everybody. Uh, how long did you? How long did it take before you began to to really see? Okay, I've been lifting for this amount of years, and now you began to make this shift. How long before you really started to to well, see results that you could see? Yeah, so I've always been kind of a stocky person. You know, my natural body type is to be heavy. If I didn't work out or anything, I'd probably be a lot heavier. I'm not a skinny guy by nature. I'm stocky. I always have been. So I've always, when I was working out, I was always kind of stocky, kind of thick. Well, I really wanted to get more leaner cut. So I kind of went too far one way when I started using my fitness pal, I just cut out all carbs and Mm. just started doing, but I didn't eat enough fat either. I just kind of got really skinny. So I probably got down to about one for me, 170, 175 was pretty small for me. I don't think I really looked bad in any ways. Looking back at my pictures, I didn't look bad at all, but it really still wasn't the overall look I was going for. So I saw results pretty soon by cutting out carbs. But once again, I, I tried to get smarter. Then I got smarter to understand that, you know, you can have carbs. It's not bad. It's just the kinds you have and it's just the way you have them or when you have them or, you know, the different ways you can cycle them. So then I started to get smarter about that and started to realize that you can cycle them in, have one every, some, you know, every other day, every two days, just really. And then it all just depends on what you want. So for me, you know, because when I do something that I really like, I just get into it way too much, you know, like, I mean, if it's a TV show, I like, I research Mm -hmm. it, I know everything about it. I can spout all the facts and no one cares about them, you know, but you know, so when I got (laughs) into fitness, then the next thing I want, I was like, you know, maybe I could do um, you know, I really wanted to have like the results of, you know, not just to be sort of fit, but to really have great results. So then I started to research it more and just understand that I needed to have carbs in my system. And so then I started to just understand them better. So just a continual knowledge. So I began to see results. I probably dropped 30, maybe 25 to 30 pounds when I cut out carbs, maybe 20 pounds, yeah. got a lot leaner. So I saw some results, but then it was still a process. And, you know, that's what I try and you know, for everybody, it's always a process. You're never done, really. You know, you're always just kind of gradually going and going and going is how it mm-hmm. should be. When you cut out the carbs, were you doing more? I want to talk about this, too, because there's so many different views out there. You know, a lot of people say carbs are bad. What you're saying, obviously, are, is that carbs play a role along with proteins and along with fats as well. Were you doing more like a keto, like when you cut out all the carbs? Or when you say that you cut out the carbs, was it more... Yeah. Um, was it more like, you know, the, the complex carbs, you know, but you're still eating vegetables and things like that, or was it just kind of cutting all of it out? It was just, I ate vegetables, but I cut out a lot of the complex carbs or some of what we call the bad carbs, but I didn't add enough back in it. I mean, it the way I did it was not a good scientific way. It was once again, at that time, it's probably six, I bet this was seven years ago, maybe six, seven, six, seven years ago, you know, maybe five, I don't know, five to six. Anyway, I just decided, you know, I went hog wild and went too far the other way and just said, you know, I'm going to, I kept my carbs to about, I think 40 to 50 grams, maybe 60 a day, which was pretty low for someone that's working out. And I remember sometimes working out thinking, not feeling dizzy. And I was like, oh, but I'm cutting some weight. And that was, you know, that was another thing that was a bad, I, you know, it was bad, but it was a forward step. And so what I then really learned to do was, um, I really got in touch with more experts and I tried to learn about, you know, 
really carb cycling. So, you know, where you would have carbs, higher amount of carbs for maybe uh, higher lifting days and then a lower amount and then higher and lower. So you can enjoy some foods that you wanted to or enjoy some carbs and you can have them um, and you would enjoy that. And so that's really when I began to have some results is with adding in carbs, carb cycling, so having a couple of like a Monday, Tuesday's a high day, Wednesday's a low day. And then, or you could, and depending on your goals, if you're wanting to get bigger, you would have more high days. If you're wanting to cut, you would have more low days, but you still got to have everything in it. You know, you got to have all the food groups. And so for me, I tried keto at one point. I didn't like it. You know, I, I'm a firm believer in having all the food groups. Now I have friends that have done it. There's some friends I know I'm, Facebook that have made huge gains with it and they love it and they feel great. And I think that's great. You know, if you like it, I think that's great. But for me, I feel like we all function better if we've got every, you know, every food group or every group in there at a different point. That's my personal opinion. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to slam keto at all. I mean, but for me, I didn't, I tried it and I didn't like it. And I think, and I know that I've worked with three body, four bodybuilding coaches and they all, you know, believe in carbs, carb cycling. Um, if you're wanting to have, you know, a f- kind of a fuller body, if you're wanting to be pretty slim, then yeah, keto will probably work for you also would work for you also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit more. I'm glad you brought that up with respect to the carb cycling. So I know you have done some, some shows, uh, we're recording this right now. Obviously, we're using audio, but we also have video. So I see some of the um, some of the statues in the background yeah. Yeah. in your office. So congratulations, yeah. great work! Appreciate done. it. Thanks for someone who wanted to get started, like with carb cycling. I know you mentioned like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday type split. For someone who's saying, "Okay, look, um, things have changed. You know, the coronavirus is here." They're beginning to take their fitness a little bit more seriously or their health a little bit more seriously. They may want to drop some weight. What kind of recommendation? And I know you do some coaching. I want to be sure that we uh, share where people can find you as well. What kind of recommendations, some general recommendations might you give to somebody who's in that position? So I would say, you know, if you're wanting to get yourself, you know, in shape, I mean, not just to promote, um, you know, I really honestly believe to talk to someone that maybe can help you with it. I'm not, I mean, I firmly believe that an expert, and I'm not just saying me, but anybody, because the reason I say this is because for years I did a bunch of my own trial and error. And if I'd really actually consulted somebody sooner or tried to be more knowledgeable, I probably would have learned more. So I would say, you know, try and talk to somebody, at least maybe get one meal plan from somebody um, to help them. But if that's something that's not, then what I would say is, once again, I would say, try and get my fitness pal, you know, and I, then I would say that enter in the food that you're eating. So what I would say is, don't even try and eat special, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, to go a whole week and just enter your foods in, into your, into my fitness pal. Don't alter anything, just eat what you want. And you'll probably be shocked at what you're eating. And then what I would do is by the end of that week, take the average number of calories that you eat a day from my fitness pal. And then I'd say probably lower it by 200 calories a day. And then which the type of nor the good type of split that you want to have is, you know, on a regular carb day, you want to have 40% protein, uh, 40% carbs and 20% fat. So what I would do is then 
you know, you've taken your average calories, you've lowered it by probably 200, then divide, then you're able to then put in there a pie shape, 40, 40, 20 in that. And then you want to try and then as you eat through the day, begin to fill up those, you know, those areas, my fitness pal will let you do that. So you'll, you'll say you ate an avocado, you put that in, well, that probably counted for probably about 10% of your fat for the day. I mean, 50% of your fat for the day, something like that. I'm just kind of ballparking it, but you know, you'll begin to fill up those buckets. Once those buckets are full through the day, then you are, you know, you're done eating for the day. If you realize you're still not losing weight, then you want to lower that by another 200 calories a day. Um, you know, and, and until you're at a deficit, it also will depend on how much cardio or weight training you're doing. Also then, so that's rent, that's stand, that's a standard split. Now, if we want to have a low carb day, then you would change on my fitness pal, you could change the carb intake to, uh, or if we want to have a low carb day, we want to change it to about, um, 20%. Um, we'd raise the protein to 50% and then fats up to about another 30% to give you a little energy. So then you can eat a little more fats those days, a little more lower carbs those days. And those are the days you begin to cut some fat. And so, you know, if you're wanting to, um, you know, if you're wanting, if your goal is to lose weight, you probably have more low carb days and more high ones. If you're trying to just maybe maintain, you might want to have more high or if you're wanting to get bigger, maybe less low, low days. And that's what I've always used. And the MyFitnessPal really helps a lot to monitor and manage your own food intake like that if you don't have an expert or somebody that you want to talk to or pay, don't have the money to pay for, which is fine. Yeah. Um, that's a good way to start. But just start by eating, you know, taking what you're eating normally. You know, you don't like if you're normally eating 3,000 calories a day, you don't want to start go start at 1800. You're just going to be, miserable. <laughs> you know, you want to gradually do it, but you're going to be probably shocked at what you're eating or how, you know, what you're doing. But I just say, fill in a normal week. Don't be fancy. Don't, don't try and be eating special. Just, you know, enter in what you have, lower the calories and then divide it up into the different groups and then make your low days and your high days. That's how I would say to begin to do that as far as at least the eating aspect of it. Yeah, that's really good. And I really like what you're saying here, the idea of gradually starting. So the MyFitnessPal is a great way for people to get started. It you is. They need, free- they need to pay me, don't they? I've totally promoted it here. Well, yeah. I mean, I, think, <laughs> uh, I, I believe MyFitnessPal should definitely have a photo uh, of you on their app. They need to have some type of link, right? So we'll see, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I also like the idea of just kind of laying a foundation. I think sometimes the challenge for a lot of people is, and you see this in magazines too, right? Where everybody has this quote unquote perfect body where it just happens automatically. Mm -hmm. People watch even Marvel, you know, movies and everybody has a perfect body Mm -hmm. and symmetric, Mm -hmm. uh, everything like that, Mm -hmm. where you have to start off. You have to take these baby steps Mm -hmm. if you want to describe it like that. So I really like that idea of just figuring out where you are after a week. I do want to get your thoughts about the scale. I know that in the past I've had troubles with the scale. One of my biggest challenges in the past has been, yeah, I'm kind of like you where, you know, when I get focused on a task or something new, I I just want to be all in a hundred percent. So I think sometimes that can happen with people with their weight where they begin this fitness journey 
and they're so focused maybe on the scale. Okay, how much did yeah. I lose today? Yeah. How much did I lose this week? Did you ever have any struggles with that? That's uh, question number one. Then question number two, what recommendations would you give to people with how they go about viewing the scale and you know where does that play with respect to you know a physical transformation um how much emphasis should really be put upon the scale you know i mean quite honestly i don't think a whole lot of emphasis needs to be put too much on the scale i mean it is a measuring tool and so when you're charting yourself every week or two weeks and you see you're not losing any weight obviously it means that maybe you need to look at maybe making more of a deficit in your calories or increasing your cardio or your weight training but i mean Really, I think that when you look in the mirror, that's really more of an accurate tool, especially if you're doing weight training, because weight training, you're going to gain weight. I mean, you're going to gain muscle and you're going to weigh more. I mean, it's possible to recomposition your body and still weigh the exact same amount or maybe only change it by five pounds or so, but you may look like a totally different person. So to me, I mean, to be obsessed with Oh, the scale's not moving, but maybe you're noticing your pants are fitting looser or, you know, your, your shirt's fitting looser or, you know, you're feeling a little lighter, you know, then that's really the, you know, the, the, the key to it, I think, you know, I mean, obviously the scale measures some things, you know, and if it's not moving at all, then there's something you got to think about. But if you're, I trained a guy and his goal was to hit, he's a, definitely a smaller guy and he wanted to weigh 140. I mean, he was about five, three or four, I think smaller guy. And that was his goal. And he kept, couldn't quite get to it. And I said, why, why do you care? You know, it was just his arbitrary goal. He had said of this one thing, but he looked fine. And he was just kind of almost, you know, he was obsessed with getting to that weight. It's fine if it's a goal, specific goal you have set, but I think really more is if you're dropping pant sizes, dropping, I guess, dress sizes, you know, if things are fitting better, you're feeling looser, you know, all those things that are your clothes are fitting looser, then that's really the key. You know, that's what I think too, as well. And then the scale will come with it probably, you know, the scale's going to come with it, but I wouldn't be obsessed with the scale part of it. Yeah. No, I, I'm in complete agreement too. It can, it can become, you know, people can just focus so much on that, but clothes, Clothes often don't lie. The mirror certainly doesn't. And, and a yep. person knows where they are individually. And I think one, one big challenge for a lot of people is making sure that they don't compare themselves to others. And I know that can be challenging as well. It is. Going to the gym or shows and things like that. But everybody is. is different. And making sure that there are some bigger, bigger components um, I know you're a family man. Uh, I know you've been married or you are married and you have a son, Alex. Uh, how has family impacted your discipline when it comes to your exercise? Has that been a big part of it as well with your focus and the intensity that you have? Yeah, I mean, several things is, you know, I mean, for me, I have seen families with dads that are in I mean, bad shape that are my age or older and, you know, there's not any way they can stay around to raise their kids for long. I mean, I mean, most realistically in long periods of time, um, doesn't mean I can't have a heart attack tomorrow and drop dead. You know, I mean, there's no guarantees, but if you're keeping yourself in better shape, 
it's going to last longer. I'm an older dad. I'm 45. Alex is only 10. He's going to be 11 in a couple months. So I'm not a young uh, dad in some aspects of it. So I definitely want to be around a long time to be able to help take care of, you know, raise him, have a long life. So yeah, it, it focuses on that. He makes up his own fitness routines at home. Um, he like, yeah, he likes stuff like that. He goes with, well, the gym used to let kids come be on the workout floor. They kind of cut it out for a little bit before, even before all the, the gyms closed, but, um, he would go with me some and we'd, you know, he'd lift like a two pound dumbbell and do stuff. And so, I mean, I thought it was nice because he saw what I was doing. He was learning from it. He learned that discipline. And what I would like him to learn is that, you know, to have, it may not always be fitness, but if it's something to be, you know, to be disciplined about and to have a goal and to focus on that goal, you know, uh, or I should say not to let, uh, not to lose sight of your discipline for whatever it is you're doing or whatever you're wanting to do, not give up or be a quitter or something like that, you know? And, um, the healthier you are, I mean, you know, I mean, statistics seem that it would promote the length of your life too as well. And so that's just something that I, you know, uh, would like to be able to do, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but, um, you know, I want to be around and be for, be here for my son and my wife as long as possible. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yeah. I'm 41. So you're not that old. If you're 45, I'm 41. Now you're, you're just getting started, man. <laughs> you're just getting started. The best is yet to come. Josh yeah. is eight years old. He'll be nine. Okay. All right. Uh, Lord willing in uh, August, but that's, that's been a big factor for me. My dad died when he was 59 years old mm. and just, I can remember, you know, looking back throughout the years, he wasn't around as much. Uh, but when we did have some time together, you know, he drank a lot, smoked, mm-hmm. um, eating habits were not the best. And so for me, fitness has always been a part of my life going back to, I guess, probably high school and then college and, and even now where having a heart condition, but, you know, seeing my wife and my son, that plays a, a big role. And I think that's something important for, for people who are listening, whether you're a father or not, um, whatever your situation may be, there's typically someone, you know, who's going to need your strength, mm-hmm. right? Someone who's going to need you to be healthy. And you think about what's going on now, how important our health really is, where things have changed, uh-huh. And we may not be able to do that same routine or the same kind of intensity, but we really do need our health. And it is a blessing because it's not we're not always going to have it. So we need to make the most of every day. How have you been able to stay in shape and what have you been doing since the since the uh, the pandemic has set in and different things with social distancing and gyms closing? What's what what have you been turning to as of late? Well, um, I did want to say one thing, my dad, uh, my dad worked out a lot, you know, and my dad, I told you that, and he, he is, he passed away when he was 78, but I think he could have lived longer, but, um, he, he developed Parkinson's probably when he was in his late fifties. And I think his health helped him deal with it for a long time, you know, because he was in good shape. He was not overweight. He had a good heart condition. Everything was good on him. I think that it helped him manage his Parkinson's, you know, for a long time. And until really probably like the last three to four to five years, did it really affect his actual health? I mean, for a while, sometimes he'd go to the Parkinson's doctors and they were like, you know, you're doing wonderful because he, it just did not, you know, affect him. Finally it, it did. And he ended up, um, he fell and broke his hip and passed away 
with a blood clot based on that. But I believe it lengthened his life. Yeah. A lot because of his health. And so I feel like even when, you know, adversity comes, he wasn't slinging weights or anything out, you know, with Parkinson's, but he was still healthy, ate healthy, went for walks. So I think that that really helped lengthen his life. So, you know, there's all different forms of it. Um, What have I been doing now? Well, for me, I have not tried to miss a beat, really. Um, I have, I do my, so I used to go to the gym and do cardio on a Stairmaster. Um, in the morning, I just go for a walk in my neighborhood now and, you know, try and do to go to it. I've streamed some YouTube videos, uh, for cardio and lightweights and things like that in the morning. I've still kept my diet exactly the same. Um, I have been fortunate that there is a little place I've been able to use a few times to work out. Um, and so I have been very fortunate that, that I have been able to go there and get a few workouts in, but you know, this is, you know, this is really a challenging time for people. Um, if you, you know, if you're in this situation, because, you know, if you're especially just started a a diet or you're maybe six months in, you know, it's easy just to fall back on your old habits and, Oh, this is, you know, we're in a trying time. So I'm going to have a chocolate cake to make me feel better. Well, you know, it's really not, you know, you still got to stick with what you're doing because we're going to come out of this and then you're going to be back at square one. So you just can't, you know, miss a beat. I will say I'm really surprised at how much when I work out, I work out at the, I work out by myself. I don't have a workout partner. I actually guess I didn't realize how chatty I was at the gym because I'm missing all the people that I don't chat with anymore. You know, it's just like, (laughs) you know, I, I didn't really realize it, but I really am missing the social aspect of it. My wife, doesn't talk to anybody when she goes she's in and out but i didn't really realize how much i missed it you know and so i do uh, so it really is a hard trying time for people to keep their you know to keep their goals going but if, if anything you know you can find some routines on youtube to do there's a ton on there that you can stream that you can find i used to do Beach body workouts. There's a ton of beach body workouts that you can stream and do. I mean, there's a ton of things that you can do. So if you're, you know, if someone's sitting at home during this time and they're not, you know, they're kind of using an excuse to let up their foot off the gas, you know, it's just not a time to do it. You know, honestly, exercise will make you feel better. It will make you feel better when we're confined at the house or we can't go do what we want to do. You know, I have felt restless a lot of days, you know, and I don't, I feel like something's missing and I don't even know what is missing just that I feel like something's, you know, missing and I'll try and, you know, maybe do some pushups, do some, you know, do some cardio, go for a walk, just do something to feel, um, you know, just to feel a little bit more energized for sure. Um, I have no, cause I work at, I normally have worked in an office building, but we're working at home now and I just feel, uh, I, you know, it's just, I just feel different. You know, things are different. My energy level feels lower. Honestly, I feel sleepier through the day. Um, and I think it's just, a, just the whole change and everything, you know, we're just yeah. not as active right now because of this, but you still got to stick at least your eating patterns and what diet you're on and the way you're eating. got to still try and stick to that as best you can. You know, you just still can't let your foot off the gas really. Yeah. No, those are excellent thoughts. And I really appreciate that. And I think you're right. We're, I think we're all feeling that. I, I felt that 
in particular this past week, uh, I posted some things on Facebook where, you know, the first three, four weeks, you know, I've been really trying to do as much as I can. Part of that is to stay busy. Part of that, there's something about getting outside, moving. I've seen that so much in our neighborhood, you know, where, you know, you're just seeing people like for the first time, you know, you haven't, I haven't seen them, you know, the two years that we've been here, but everybody's been outside where there's this, people yeah. just want to get out and about and move and things like that. But it is so important what you have said as well about the benefit benefits of exercise. It's, it's a good, it's a good antidepressant to some degree. Where, it really is. You, know, you yeah. really get moving and something else is thinking about some of the things you've shared with us. One of the most powerful things I think just just talking to you right now is just seeing that the the different ages with respect to exercise and fitness. You talked about your son, you talked about yourself and your dad, you know, and the longevity. Mm-hmm. What a powerful thought that is that, you know, whether you're in your fifties or sixties or seventies, just getting started with some kind of exercise, mm-hmm. it's going to have some kind of benefit. Mm-hmm. And even thinking about younger children or younger people, our children, for example, where there's so much greater risk with childhood obesity and things mm-hmm. like that, just getting them moving. And so it's just a pretty powerful thing just to see it is. across all ages, there's a benefit, right? Mm-hmm. In our forties, you know, young people, and even those who are, I like to call them more vintage <laughs> uh, those are more vintage, yeah. you know, there's a benefit for them. So it's just a powerful thing. It is. Yeah. And, and what, you, what you've been talking about, so much of this is free. You can go outside and walk. You can do mm-hmm. push-ups. You can mm-hmm. do burpees. You can do air squats. Mm-hmm. You know, YouTube is free. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's really, there's really no excuse where we, why we can't get out and move yeah. and do things like that. Yeah. The only excuse is that I don't want to. <laughs> that's, the that's, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. I don't want to. Well, no. oh, and one thing I want to say is from a faith or a Christian point of view, I mean, I feel like, you know, you do not have to be a, uh, you don't have to do bodybuilding shows. Definitely. I mean, you don't have to go that far. Um, but you know, if you're a slave or a glutton to food, you know, that's, I mean, I feel like that's a sin. You know, I feel like that that's something that you have, um, made as your idol. You know, I mean, we're really particular not to say, I'm not going to make money my idol. You know, I'm not going to make, you know, material things, my idol. But I mean, if you're just in love with the food, if you're gluttonous and slothful, I mean, it may sound harsh to say, I mean, there's also, I have to be careful not to make the gym my idol, you know, because I really like to go and I'm not trying to point fingers at anything, but I am saying, you know, I mean, there is some level of taking care of the body of what God has given to you, you know, and that, I feel like that's just, um, uh, you know, that's lengthening your time here that you can work with other people that you can be on earth. And I really do have an honest problem with people that have a love affair with food because I think that it's very small. You know, I think it's very, it's something that you should be able to move mentally past. And it doesn't mean once again, it doesn't mean you can't enjoy food. Doesn't mean you have to go to extremes. I feel like I'm a little extreme. I mean, I'm not going to lie about it. I'm an extreme sometimes with it, but that doesn't mean you have to be that way. But I feel like when you can't give up your love affair with certain things to where it's hurting your health. I mean, I've seen obese kids, you know, and when people promote their, you know, they make these humongous heavy meals and they just revel in it. I just, I just, I, I'm sorry. That's all. I better stop. 
<laughs> anyway, I just feel like well, you know, every but everybody has their own thing. Everybody has their own thing. They're that they have been that they are addicted to, and I definitely do myself. And sometimes my problem is is sometimes I'm addicted too much to fitness and the gym. I'm not going to lie about that. Sometimes I like that too much, so I have to let go of that as we have to let go of other things. So, you know, it's all, I'm not trying to put myself above anything else, but it is all yeah, intertwined anyway. Well, yeah, I, I think you're right. And I think there's a lot of different things that can, that can be at play. I can't remember who said this, but you know, food is something obviously we all need. We need it for fuel and, yep. and, and, you know, we have to have it if we're going to live and things like that, but it, it definitely can turn into something that we easily turn to where, it's, it provides us, it provides us comfort. It's always available. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember who said this or if I've made this up, but you know, it never talks back. So yeah. You, know, yeah. you can, you can eat as much as you want. And one of the challenges is that it can be very easy to turn to food, you know, instead of even turning to God where yeah. or even confronting some things. And I know that for some people, different uh, eating habits begin for a variety of reasons, right? Where, People sometimes those eating habits just kind of begin even when they're young, or maybe there was something traumatic that happened, or maybe there was something where there was a, a shortage of food. And so even working through this idea of I, I have to consume as much as I can, you know, because of this, because of X, Y, and Z. True. And so yep. there's a lot of different things that people certainly are going to have to work work mm-hmm. through and process. And I think that's part of the the challenge, but also part of the journey where it's it's more than just a scale it's 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 more than just even our clothes but it's really looking at okay why you know why why is this behavior here mm-hmm. or why do i feel like i have to turn and eat so much more when i already know you know okay i shouldn't be doing this mm-hmm. or this is going to be really detrimental and so when people begin to to work through that that's where you're really going to start to see that that mm-hmm. shift mm-hmm. where people can say okay look this isn't okay. I, I recognize why I'm doing this, and now I can begin to to slowly move over. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things to unpack there for sure. Yeah. I think sometimes as Christians, we don't want to have any psychology because that's you know that's mumbo jumbo. You know, I mean, but I think that sometimes when we think of the psychology of why we do things or why we've done things, you know, you're exactly right. Why, you know, for me, I have to say, I guess. My parents always did eat healthy, so we didn't really get in the habit. I didn't really grow up eating a lot of heavy food. So I guess since I didn't grow up with that pattern, I was able to not be in that pattern. My wife didn't really either. They ate fairly healthy, so I'm blessed with that part of it. But the thing that I have, you know, I've for me, I feel like I've conquered, I've disciplined myself to that I don't have to have food to make me feel comfort comfort. So then when I stumble in other areas, I'm like, look, Philip, you have for the most part master, you have discipline in this area. Why can't you have discipline in this area? You know, so mm-hmm. if I've disciplined myself in this area, why can't I discipline myself in this other area? And so I try and make it carry over to my other parts of my life, you know, discipline myself, have full discipline in all my areas, you know, and so you know, that, that's one of the things I try and draw from is, look, I, I, pretty, I, I have good discipline in this area. Why can't I discipline myself in all areas when I stumble in, 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 in different parts of my life? So Yeah, and there's so many different areas. I mean, whether it's, you know, food or finances or a variety yeah. of things.
things, but I, I yeah. think you're touching on something important here. The, the first thing, and I'm sure you do this as you talk to people and clients, is really beginning with why. And if you have a big enough why that, because and that, that's why I wanted to talk about the scale just a little bit, because people can can reach that number on the scale and still not be happy, still not feel fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, they got this three digit number. So one of the things I like to impress upon people is that, you know, we're more than a, a three digit number, right? We're yeah. made in the image of God. Yeah. And and having a bigger why, whether it's family, uh, whether it's, you know, utilizing our health, I think this is one of the biggest things for us to do, you know, in, in the kingdom where you know, when you have your health, you're you're gonna be able to do even more. And so yeah. You know, yeah. utilizing, you know, the blessings that God has given us to the greatest degree that we can. Yeah. So I think for a lot of people, and I, and it's, it's sometimes it is easier said than done, but really trying to identify the why and really breaking down, um, breaking down, okay, what thought process got me to this point? Or yeah. why do I feel like I have to continue to go down this path? Yeah. And yeah. you start to kind of unpeel that onion, peel it back, peel back those layers, Yeah, then that's where a lot of different, that's where a lot of transformation will take place. And there are sometimes... You know, there will be times where people need to see, you know, a professional counselor. Maybe yeah. there are some things that need to be unpacked or addressed mm-hmm. that sometimes will manifest themselves in these addictive behaviors or with food and things like that. So mm-hmm. it's it's, a, it's an interesting journey. Growing up, you know, we were on food stamps for a while. We had big, we, we ate big. Um, Sundays were always a big day for us with uh, Sunday dinner after, you know, after worship services mm-hmm. and, uh, I, you know, I would refer to them as, you know, uh, you know, it'd be like nap time after we got done eating for about 20, <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes, yeah. you know, the, the, the blood sugars are super yeah. high and, yeah. and it's time to take, it's time to take a nap. But those are some of the, you know, my favorite memories, just eating with, with family and, and laughing around the dinner table and things yeah. like that. But, yeah. But you can, you can have that. But it still has to be, you know, there has to be that moderation. Yeah. There has to be that balance where, you know, looking at the big picture that in order for us to keep having those family dinners, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to have to stay healthy as well. Yeah. So well, really I've, ta- a- I've talked to people before that have it's even caused like rifts in their family. If they bring their own food, it's like an insult, you know, or if they don't want to eat everything, it's almost like an insult to their family. It really should be the other way around. Their family should, you know, be congratulating them and, you know, you know, trying to work with them, you know, to do the same thing. But it's been they consider it an insult. And so the thing I always try and do is when I've gone to family gatherings where people don't understand your eating habits, you know, or that you're having a special, you know, is I just try and really limit my portions. You know, I try and if I'm not, if I'm going to eat something that's maybe not good for me or that's not fitting on my diet for the day, I don't want to be insulting. I just really try and eat a smaller portion. You brought up willpower. And I want to talk about that. I did a podcast. There's a book called willpower doesn't work. And so he wasn't saying that willpower isn't important, the author, but he did talk a lot about environment. What tips would you give people when it comes to the environment and the home when it comes to setting yourself up for the best success? Well, I would say that, you know, if you're, if you're married and your spouse is not on board, it's going to be really hard. And I've talked to people that, you know, their spouse, I I mean, I I coached a guy and his, 
He was, I think he was living with his girlfriend, actually. They were not married, but she left him because she didn't want to eat that way. You know, she didn't want to eat that way and she didn't want him going to the gym. So, I mean, if your spouse, if you're married and your spouse is not on board, then it's going to be hard. But I mean, it's still doable. But I would say that, you know, if you're both on board, don't buy stuff at the grocery store that you don't want to eat, you know, that you think is going to be bad for you. So first of all, yeah. go to the grocery store when you're full. Cause I've gone to the grocery store hungry and I'm like, yeah, I need this and I need that. And my bill's $500 and I just got a bunch of desserts and olives, you know, and I really didn't get anything. So I'd say go hungry. I mean, go full, you know, go to the grocery store full, but I would say don't buy things that you're not going to eat um, that you're not going to eat, that you don't want to eat in a, at a weak moment, keep your pay throw away things that you aren't going to, you know, if you're an alcoholic, you're not going to stock, you're not going to keep booze around. Okay. So why are you going to have food around if you're trying to cut back on what you're eating? I would also say surround yourself with people that have the same, you know, goals or same sort of ideals that you have. It doesn't mean that, you know, I have found a lot of, camaraderie on Facebook or the internet for people that are into fitness and bodybuilding and competitions. I've learned so much and I've gotten so much motivation from people like that. And, um, I see that there's fathers that can do it. You can have a job, you can do it with your, you know, you can have a family, you can do, you can do all those things. They can, they can make time for it. I've seen these people do it. So I would say, you know, anchor yourself to, even if it's maybe a group on Facebook or online or, you know, if you can do it in people in person, but anchor, anchor yourself with people that are, have the same goals or the same things that you want to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't talk about, you know, if someone doesn't have this, you know, if the people, all the people around you don't have the same goals, you're going to have trouble reaching those goals. You know, you're going to have trouble reaching them. So anchor yourself with people that want to do the same thing. And if you're um, you know, and it might be even an online community that you find or something like that, that you, that really gives you that benefit. Um, but I would say, you know, also learn how to eat when you go out to restaurants. So mm. Jennifer and I, my wife, we have about seven, and I take that back, probably five places that we go and eat because they're places that fit with what we want. We go to like, like Qdoba or Chipotle or a place like that, you can get a meat, you can get a rice, you can get guacamole, you can get salad, and you know you can it fits all your food groups. You know, so we go to places like that. We go to some places that have maybe salmon or steak, you know, or something like that, a lean steak. But we don't, you know, there, we don't go to Italian places hardly ever. You're not going to go to Olive Garden and get something that's honestly going to help you lose weight. So don't, so don't go to Olive Garden, you know, so don't go there. You know, when you go out to eat, have places that you know that you can go to that have things that fit your diet, your diet and what you want. And you'll learn them or you won't learn them, you know, but you'll, you'll learn the places. I'm going to mark this place off my list. I'm going to go there, but Jennifer and I probably have four to five places that we go that fit our, you know, like barbecue places are actually pretty good. If you can get Turkey, you know, you can, if you can get lean chopped beef, but Turkey's really good or chicken, you know, barbecue places, we go to Rudy's a lot and get, and things there like barbecue, yeah. good meat there. You just have to know where to go, but if you're going to eat out, don't, you know, pick the places that you know that you can go that fit what you're looking for. Yeah, no, that's excellent advice. I appreciate that. With the time that we have left, and this has been a great conversation, I really appreciate you spending time with us here. 
What I, I got, I got a couple of questions. Um, give us some thoughts with respect to fasting. Um, are, <clears throat> what kind of fasting, if any, are you doing? Uh, typically, I'll try to do like a twelve-twelve type split where between my last meal and my first meal, I'll have about twelve hours or, or ten to twelve hours. Um, have you incorporated fasting? Uh, what What does your protocol look like, real quick? So I've never, I haven't ever done fasting, and the main okay. reason is, is because for me, um, I've always wanted to retain as much muscle as I as I can retain, and I think that going a long period of time can help can lose that. So I've never, I have never done fasting. However, I know people that do fasting and say that it really um, energizes them, makes them feel really good. There's a couple bodybuilders that I follow on Instagram, and one of them, I think he eats two meals literally a day, you know, and fasts for like six, like 16 hours. So wow. I know it's totally doable. I know it's something that can be done. I have never had anyone train me that way, and I've never, you know, done it that way, but I know it can be done. So I'm really not, honestly, an expert on on fasting. I, For me personally, I feel like if you, you are eating small meals – Every two to three hours, that keeps your metabolism going. I think if you're going to fast, you have to have some discipline that when you break the fast, you don't break it with a birthday cake, you know, or a wedding cake. So I think that that can be something. You just broke my heart, man. I'm, just, I'm sorry. Just, I know just broke my heart. the real the realization. Right <laughs> I think I do think that it can be essential for weight loss. You still just have to. When you break that fast, break it in with the food you're supposed to break it with, not necessarily break it with, you know, like I said, Olive Garden or whatever. So, uh, so that that's my thought on that. I've I've never actually implemented it myself, but I do know it can work for sure. Yeah, absolutely. What about sleep? Uh, how much sleep are you trying to get? I'm trying to get eight hours. Now, to say that I get it is not accurate every night because I I try to. Um, I do take melatonin every night to try and lull me to sleep. You know, I've always had a – so one addiction I do have, if we're talking about addictions I can't break, is sometimes I'm addicted to caffeine. You know, I – I was going to ask you about caffeine. I, I wanted uh, to know – let's talk about that for a few seconds. I like caffeine. Minutes. I like it. Not I like caffeine. I got ca- I like caffeine too. That could be a problem. It can be a problem. What, what, what are you drinking, coffee or what, what's the go-to? Diet Coke, which is probably awful for me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, they say that it pickles your brain. So if it's pickled my brain, then I'm probably got the brain what of a 13 year old. So what do you mean pickles your brain? <laughs> they say that the aspartame and it can pickle your brain. I don't know if that. Oh, and Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah. But I, so I like Diet Coke. I like, and I'll have like a bang energy drink some too. And I, I mean, I. I am a caffeine addict and I've really tried to really cut back on it. I really have. I have. So there's an area that I fail in. I'm not very sick. I am not successful at it some because I, people have said they've done away with caffeine. I mean, I go for a little bit without it and I just, the headache, I, I, I am addicted to it. I do like it. So that's something I do need to break. I have heard, I mean, I do know that the less caffeine you have in your body, I think the more receptive, like the more receptive your body is to different things, like it, d- caffeine dulls your receptors or dulls your your sensory. I don't know if I've noticed that. I have heard that. I'm not a caffeine. I'm not a caffeine downer or a negative person about caffeine. I mean, um, but some people feel they function better without it. I, I do have. I do like caffeine a lot. I do have a hangover. Yeah, I, 
with it. I, um, I'm trying to think when I really first started, I was working out of Go's gym in college and there used to be these drinks called razor. Uh-huh. They were, they were, do you remember those? They were a dollar. Mm-hmm. They were yeah. fantastic. So I'd drink one before I worked out. Yeah. And then a company bought them. So when I was in sales, I started uh, using, uh, it's called speed stack and <laughs> that could not have been healthy, but uh, you know, I could drive for hours, you know, drinking one of those speed stacks, yeah. get on the treadmill yeah. and run for hours. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, coffee, five hour energy is something that I do use. And a lot of yeah. people have gotten on me. I have talked to my physicians about that, you know, with respect to five hour energy and, you know, with my heart condition and things like that. So, um, you know, it's, I've gone back and forth. I have taken some time off mm-hmm. and I, I, I've even thought about the idea of kind of cycling Mm-hmm. Just because I know, okay, if I, you know, coffee seems to have great benefits with drinking four or five cups a day. You know, I know the recommendations change quite a bit, but that is something I do try to work on, you know, with mm-hmm. kind of balancing it where I don't feel like I can't function because there are times where I get to that point where it's almost like, you know, I need to get this yeah. caffeine, you know yeah. what I mean? The, yeah. The focus, be- things like that. Yeah. And that becomes an addiction too, as well. So, you know, I really, uh, I really would like to be able to obviously discipline myself better in that area to not have caffeine. I will say that I do try and get pre-workout that is not, um, doesn't have too much of a stimulant or anything like that. Cause I have had pre-workout before. It's really made my heart pound. Some people really like that. I don't like that feeling necessarily. I don't know really how that can be beneficial or good for you. So, and I try and have an energy drink every two to three days and maybe just even half of one, you know, if I'm going to have one. Are you Um, trying to cut the caffeine out like by a certain time of the day? Well, I, not necessarily, uh, because I mean, I just find, especially, you know, so maybe I've gone back into my bad habits is, you know, now that I've been at home, I find myself sleepier, you know, I'm not getting out as, I mean, I'm not getting in a routine as much. Now I used to get up early. I'd go to the gym, do some cardio, come home, take a shower, get to the office. We'd have a meeting at eight. I was at the office by eight, you know, and I was ready to go for the day. You know, now you can roll out. I can go for a walk. I can still have my we have a conference call by phone at eight. I can still be in my, you know, shorts and t-shirt having taken a shower. So, you know, I, I, you know, it, it tests all of us what's going on now, but yeah, I I have not, I do try and cut it out into the evening. You started talking about sleep. So I do try and take melatonin because I can't have like a wandering mind and, and that does help me get a lot of sleep. But, you know, they say that, especially for men, um, you know, it increases your, it helps keep your testosterone levels higher by getting a good night's sleep. Uh, like I, I went to a, a, like a wellness doctor and he said that that was one of the things that can help with your testosterone. It's getting a full night's sleep, um, you know, getting eight hours of sleep. And so I really do try to, to say it happens every night. I can't say that it, that it happens, but I do try that for sure. So, yeah. Um, yeah. How much water do you try to drink a day? I try and drink a gallon and a half of water every day. Um, do I accomplish that every day? Not always. One thing I try and do is there's powders called BCAA powders, and you can put it in there. It has extra nutrients. Uh, it makes flavoring for the water, so it's not quite as blah as it would be. Um, I, there's a like candy flavor that I get, and so it kind of – spices it up if I, if you're drinking your water, but I do try and do that because, you know, that really helps. It helps in weight loss too, especially, you know, 
um, <clears throat> the more water you're drinking, the more you're going to urinate. So the more you're going to lose water weight, you know, when we've, one thing I've learned is when I've done these contests is, you know, up to the last week or so before you're going to go on stage, you drink two to three gallons a day and you're just, I mean, you're floating, but you're getting a lot of water out because you're going to urinate it out a lot, you know, and it seems like the more water you drink, you think you would retain it, but the more you're going to go to the bathroom. So the more you're going to drop that water weight and it's going to, you know, flush you out. So you got to keep, you know, you really got to keep drinking a lot of, of water and, and, um, you know, diet Cokes, uh, soft drinks. That's not, not water, you know, as much as we want it to be really, it's not. And, um, so I really, even though I'm not always accomplishing it, but you really try and get as much water in as you, you know, as you can. So I'd say a gallon to a gallon, a half a day is really kind of where you need to be. Yeah. I probably need to increase mine. Then I, I, I typically use water bottles mm-hmm. to kind of, to kind of measure. There's something mental, mental for me, at least with that, where I know I need to hit about at least six, six of them to get me mm-hmm. to about a hundred ounces. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I sweat quite a bit when I work out. So I know that's probably an area I could, I could definitely uh, improve upon. Yeah. This has been really good. I, there's a lot of other things I want to talk about. Uh, I do want to, I want to get your thought on this with the coronavirus, and this is kind of maybe going into a different subject here. Um, after all this Lord willing is done, what might be something that you're looking to do maybe different once things quote unquote get back to normal? And it may not just mm. be with, it could just be with, with anything. Cause I think for me, at least this reminds me a lot of hurricane Harvey, uh, back in 2017 where Beaumont, Texas got hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we left, we went to Lufkin for two weeks. You know, we sat down as a family. We, you know, I wrote a letter to myself. I kind of wrote out some things. Okay. What, you know, this is such a monumental moment with this. We've never experienced it. That was back in 2017, at least mm-hmm. for me and my mm-hmm. family. And so this just makes, I have the same kind of feelings almost mm-hmm. with what's been going on here. The same thing you've been saying, you're just a little bit more tired. You know, mm-hmm. You're at home. Mm-hmm. Um, the routine is different. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about, okay, when, when this passes, well, what might Philip do a little bit different? You know, I feel like, um, maybe I have too much caffeine because sometimes my, my receptors are dulled. And the reason I say that is because sometimes I'm not very philosophical or in, you know, in depth into my, in things that are going on. Sometimes it's just, you know, day to day. And I probably should be more that, you know, think about things like that more in a way. I would say that the things that I have missed the most that I really didn't expect is just human contact with brothers, brother and sisters from my, my congregation, congregation, and like I said, even people at the gym, I mean, people, some of the people, I don't even know their name, but we chat about stuff that's going on and I've missed them, you know, and I've missed, yeah. I haven't hugged and I'm not even a hugger. I mean, I'm really not a touchy person, but I haven't hugged anybody but my wife and my son since this all happened. Even my mom comes over. We don't hug her because uh, she's more of a high risk person. We still associate with her, but we're not, I haven't hugged her. So, I mean, just to be able to, I mean, I guess for me, I realized how much I've enjoyed or how much I've enjoyed the company of some people, you know, that I didn't really, maybe, I don't know if I'd say took for granted, but I really didn't expect it to end, you know, even people that I have limited contact with, I guess. So what I guess I would say is, you know, just be glad of the contact and the things I have. So many times, honestly, I mean, 
in my life, I've tried to get a lot better about it, but I've been kind of an, even though I feel like I'm an outgoing person, I'm also an introvert in a way. And sometimes I'm in my own little shell and I may not stop and talk to people or, you know, necessarily get to know some people as much as I should. And I feel like, you know, this is, you know, just the human contact of it is, uh, something that's really been missed. Uh, you know, a few times, you know, that I've, you know, we've had, we've seen people that we've known. It's just like a big deal to see them now because, yeah, because, yeah. you know, it's just like, Oh my goodness, you know, how are y'all? And we haven't seen you. And it's just, uh, so I guess just really valuing, valuing, uh, those f- friendships and those human connections that we have, even if people are not people that we have, you know, extreme contact with, or, you know, that we're best friends with just those people we have contact with, you know, didn't really realize how much it had been missed for me at least, you know? So no, I, I appreciate that. And you said a couple of things and you made me think of something else. One, the idea of just focusing on today, there's something powerful about that. Jesus obviously talks about that in Matthew chapter six, where we can get so far in the future where we can lose sight of today. Mm-hmm. The things, the things that we need to, the things that we need to get done today, and I think that really has forced a lot of people just to consider more the day to day moments. There was something, Philip, when you were talking that made me think about myself. Where when I was in Beaumont, Texas, I think I took about three months off, and I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I was just working out at home. I wanted to see could I actually do this at home, and then eventually I really started missing the gym. Yeah, I worked out at a, yeah, you know, I worked at a gym in college. So I signed back up, but one of the things that was interesting to me after I signed back up and went back to the gym, I just had some random people saying, Hey, where you been? Mm-hmm. I, I had never talked to them. Yeah. I don't think they had talked to me. Yeah. yeah. But you just when you go to the gym, you see the same people. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're like me, and I'm sure you're doing the same thing, you know, you're taking a selfie at the gym. Yeah. And people see that. People see your intensity, people see you working out. And that really stood out to me. So that sounds like yeah. I, I can almost guarantee when you're going to the gym, even people who don't even talk to you, yeah. they see, they see, man, he's consistent every day. He's focused. They can mm-hmm. see results. They can see gains. Yeah. So it's even those little things that we don't even always pick up on. Even if we are like an introvert where other people feed off of that energy, so to speak, where you just see, you just see the same people and there's something even powerful with, all right, they're there. I'm here. I'm going to go and get after it as well. So yeah, I, I think that's a powerful point. I agree too. I think that, yeah, definitely you don't really, I mean, it just, in everything you do, you motivate people, even though maybe you don't know it. So your service as a Christian, the way you live your life as a Christian, good or bad, you know, the way you live your life, you know, people see it definitely in the gym you do, you know, there's guys there that are in better shape than I am. And I was like, you know, Hey, I'd like to get to their level. Um, you know, so that definitely motivates you. And I feel like maybe I motivated other people too as well. So it's just your, you know, your day-to-day walk or the day-to-day things you do have big impacts on people, even though sometimes you don't, you may not see it or may not even realize it, you know, that, that, um, you're, you, you are. And so we're not motivating people and we're not influencing people right now, quarantined in our house, you know? So, um, you can, I guess you can as an online presence, but in a person-to-person presence, you're not. We're not right now because we're not having contact. So, I mean, that's something I think will be really good when we're able to bring that all back and yeah. you know have that. And honestly, 
it's not something that I thought I would say. I'm not a recluse, but I'm also, you know, I mean, I don't, maybe I just didn't realize how much I valued other connections with other people as much as I did till it was, till it was really kind of gone, you know? So I think a lot of people feel that way where you can just kind of, you kind of get in a routine and you don't always truly understand it. So I think that's a, that's a great point. Speaking about online and working out and things like that, I know you do training. Mm-hmm. You're doing some personal training and coaching mm-hmm. and helping mm-hmm. people. Um, talk to us a little bit about that, what you provide for people, sure. where people, where people can find you. So, okay. So I do online training. So that would consist of me writing a workout program for you. Normally most of the people I train have access to a gym when we could go to gyms. Uh, and I would write a program for you. That's day to day. Also write a meal plan specifically for you. That's day to day. Um, you would check in with me once a week. And we'd alter your goals, but, you know, alter what you want to re alter your program on what your goals are. So some people may want to gain weight. Some people may want to lose weight. Some people may want to do this or that. So I'd write a program for you once a week to do that. Um, the best place, if you want to find me, I have a lot of uh, friends on Facebook. My name is Philip Bowman, P H I L I P B O W M A N, or uh, feel free to email me at pdb1974 at icloud.com. That's my email as well. And we can talk about what you want to accomplish, where you want to get, what you want to do, and kind of the way that I, you know, we go about it. And most of the people I work with are, you know, beginners or, you know, a lot of dads or fathers that want to get back into the gym, you know, maybe have been out of the gym life or have never worked out and they want to kind of get started. Women too, as well. I've worked with some women also. Um, But a lot of times people that are just, you know, just want some guidance and someone just to talk to and give them a plan. Because I will say, if you go to the gym, it can be super intimidating if you don't know where you're going. You know, if you decide, Hey, I'm going to get in shape. And you go to the gym, like, okay, what do I do now? Because I've been that person before. And I, so I did the, I would do curls almost every day. So I had big biceps, but that was it. Cause I, that's all I knew how to work was the, you know, doing some curls and bicep curls. Cause I think I saw it on TV, you know? So if you don't know, I mean, in-person training is probably the best because uh, someone can train you there, but that, that can be costly. So if you, you know, you have a, I'd have, you'd have a plan on what to do when you go to the gym, how to begin, how to structure your day, things like that. So if that's something I can help you with, I'd love to be able to, you know, talk to you more about it. Fantastic. And I will put that in uh, the notes so people will sure. be able to find you as well. Sure. Well, there, there's so much more I want to talk to you about. We haven't really talked a lot about fatherhood and family mm-hmm. and Mm-hmm. Um, those trophies that you've won behind you, but I'd love to have you back on the show. Yeah, this is this has it. been fanta- this has been fantastic with the information you've given Thanks. me and the information you've given our listeners. So, um, thank you very much, Philip. This has been great. Thank you. Thanks, ben. I will tell you that you've been uh, you've been very motivating for me and uh, inspirational for me. So I, I see thank what you. you're doing. Thank you. And uh, yeah, you're working hard. And, Appreciate it. Uh, uh, you're definitely pushing me. So thank, thank you very you. much. Thanks. That's nice to hear. I appreciate that a lot. Well, thank you all for listening and remember I can do. And so can you take care.